0: hello and welcome to episode 19 of let's run the western mass running podcast i'm your host tim Gradette. this podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at east hampton media i believe that i first met today's featured guest mel Hine, about five or six years ago while running one weekend at ashley reservoir in holyoke i was with folks from griffin's friends and was running with my friend paul nicholson When a young woman runner joined us to do a lap around the reservoir. I recall that we chatted for a bit and that our pace was very fast, and then this young woman continued on her run at a faster pace, leaving us behind. Paul then informed me that the runner we had met was Mel Hine, who, along with her brother Zach Hine and mother Karen Hine, were all very fast and accomplished runners. We congratulated ourselves for being able to keep up with the speedster to like Mel for a fast lap around the reservoir. Since then, Mel has achieved some very impressive running accomplishments, including the Boston to Big Sur Challenge, in which she ran the Boston Marathon and then the Big Sur Marathon in California two weeks later. Mel has also created a 5K run in South Hadley that takes place in December. Mel runs with the Western Mass Distance Project and frequently runs in the Thursday night races at Ashley Reservoir. I'm thrilled to have Mel as a guest on the podcast. Here's my conversation with Mel Hine, and stay tuned afterwards for a rundown of local running events, as well as a story about professional runner Mary Kane. I'd like to welcome Mel Hine to the podcast. Mel has many impressive accomplishments in her running resume. In 2017, Mel completed the Boston to Big Sur Challenge, in which she ran the Boston Marathon on Patriots Day, and then two weeks later ran the Big Sur Marathon in California. That same year, Mel also completed the Chicago Marathon and New York City Marathon. So Mel, welcome to the Let's Run podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: I've seen you a few times recently uh, running on Thursday nights at Ashley Reservoir. You appear to be in top running form these days.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I'm coming off of like a pretty good spring where I just focused on half marathons. Took a little bit of like a a break by running the Elks 5K. So it's not much of a break, but I'm kind of just that was my way of easing speed back into my training.
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, it seems like it's paying off. So we'll talk about your marathons and your current running. But, but before we get to that, I, I just want to go back in time a little bit. When did you start running? Were you a high school track star?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was not, I actually did not do track. I started running probably when I was six-ish. Um, my mom would be like, she would just sign me up for the Talking Turkey. That was the big one. And the St. Patrick's Day Road Race. So those two road races, she would just sign me up. And then I would be like, what? How long is it? And she'd be like, it's like two miles. They're not. (laughs) They're a 10K. But that's our joke now that like, you lied to me. She's like, you should probably go out and train a little bit, maybe get in a couple miles. I would go out, run a little bit with her. And then race day would come. I don't know how I completed the six miles, but I think just like the environment. I'm a little kid, these cool races, they were so fun. So that's kind of how I got started and then in high school I did cross country and that's when I got extremely serious Um, but I also did lacrosse so that was my spring sport. Uh, There were a couple times where I thought about switching to track but thankfully I didn't because lacrosse like played a pretty big role in my life later on.
0: Oh later on right so you played lacrosse at Union College right all four years? Yeah. You were the Liberty League All-Star during your junior and senior year yeah. So how was that experience of playing varsity lacrosse at, at Union College?
1: Oh, it was it was the best. It's where my lifelong friends originated and just like just a, so different from running like in high school where it was just so serious and obviously you're playing D3 lacrosse so it's serious, but it's also fun and and I I did go through like some injuries that were well prepped me for my running career, because as you know, we all experience injuries, but I had a hard time handling those injuries in college because lacrosse was just my life and not being able to do that was so hard, but I don't know, I just getting out there and playing was just like what made me so happy and my teammates were my best friends. So I feel like Union College Lacrosse brought me there, and then I just like flourished there.
0: I went to college in that area also. I went to RPIs.
1: Okay, all right, a rival, nice.
0: RPIs in Troy, Union's in Schenectady, so we were big rivals in hockey. Yep,
1: and yeah, we were rivals in lacrosse too.
0: You mentioned your mother kind of get you started running, and now your your brother Zach is also a very accomplished runner. Uh, Did your mom kind of get him started as well?
1: Yeah, I feel like she's the one that kind of got us into these races and then we just loved them and just kind of pursued it throughout high school I think my brother was less of a team sport guy so as soon as running came about in freshman year he just took off and he did track and and like he's just a natural he's so fast and and then he just that's he went to Cornell continued there then was a professional he's just He's
0: got it. Yeah. So Zach, just in case people don't know, he was the first American finisher in the 2016 Boston Marathon and the 10th finisher overall. So that's, that's quite an accomplishment. And he also he he qualified for the Olympic trials three times, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, he's been quite, um, quite accomplished as, as well. So do, do you ever discuss running with Zach?
1: Actually, we're very like independent. I feel like I see what he does. He sees what I do, but we're just on different levels that we just kind of support each other from afar. I mean, he was in Colorado for a while. I visited him last summer and like I, I would go to his team run, but they're all professionals. I was like, bye guys, go do your workout. I'll go finish my easy run. Like, you know, we're traveling this weekend for a family reunion. So I'm going to be like, Hey, what's your plan? Like, will you help? Will you pace me in an 18 mile run? And he'll probably say yes, and then drop me after eight miles. But, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm so impressed by what he does. But we rarely talk about it. I feel like we're so like, headstrong, we just kind of move forward on our own path. But
0: Well, you have a lot of impressive accomplishments yourself. And I want to focus on that here. So you ran the Boston Marathon in 2016 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the how did you feel running that first Boston Marathon in, in 16?
1: Oh, that was that was so fun. That was just like, I, I, I like relive it all the time. I feel like it was the first like huge marathon. And then I had a couple friends through Instagram that I met up with and we ran together. And then at mile 20, I was getting calls because I ran with my phone and found out my brother was the first American. So like, I feel like the last six miles, even though it was like, painful because I think it was that year was really, really hot.
0: It was warm. I ran both those years myself. And yeah, was it was hot. <laughs> hot.
1: But I just remember being so pumped. And then I finished and he was all showered because he finished like so much before me. But I think I ran a PR and then he did so well. So it was just like we both were so happy.
0: You were 316. That, that was an awesome time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that was my PR at that point, but it was only yeah. my third year.
0: You've surpassed that since then. Yeah. And then in 2017, after you, you ran Boston, then two weeks later, you, you flew across the country and, and you you did the Boston to Big Sur challenge. Mm-hmm. How was that running two marathons on, on two different coasts <laughs> within 13 days?
1: Oh, God, stressful, but fun. I think you just, I didn't really know how to deal with that like middle 13 days, but you just kind of rest and jog it out and then. Big Sur was more just to take in the scenery. Um, I did come off of an injury earlier in that season, so it probably wasn't smart of me to do both, but hey, I finished both and it was, I think Big Sur was all about just like slowing down and appreciating like running and the views and just being able to run in this beautiful
0: place along the coast. Oh, it's so gorgeous. I've driven there. No, never have run there, but I've driven it. But you, uh, your combined time was 10th overall out of 193 women who did both. So that's very impressive.
1: I didn't even know
0: that. Yeah, it's amazing what you can find online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you did some um, vacationing while you're out in California during that trip?
1: Not really. Because I'm a teacher, I don't really have time off. So I try to schedule it. So I take the Friday and the Monday off, but I don't have much time to do anything else. So but it was nice. We flew in San Francisco, drove up to Big Sur. I feel like, you know, we went out for a couple days. So I feel like running (laughs) the area gets you the most experience. Like, that's where you see everything. So I feel like once you run 26 miles in a certain place, there's not much else you need to see.
0: Yeah, so part of that must be on Pacific Coast Highway 1, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful road. So then later that same year, then after you ran Boston and Big Sur, you ran the Chicago Marathon in October and then the New York City Marathon in November. So out of the so-called Abbott World Marathon majors, you did three in one year.
1: Yep. Yep. I don't know if it was the smartest decision, but I had fun in all four, and that's all that matters.
0: So the World Marathon majors, so it's Boston, New York, Chicago, and then it's London, Berlin, and Tokyo. Have you Mm -hmm. ever thought about doing any of the uh, international marathons?
1: Yeah, I feel like I transitioned away from doing marathons for fun and now focusing on like really racing them. And that's kind of like, I like, I like the close by marathons now, like I'm doing Hartford in the fall and I'm super content with a 45 minute drive, but maybe one day, but right now I'm kind of, I got like some big races out of the way, but I don't know. I'm a teacher. So our salary isn't very conducive to flying all the way to Berlin. And then my schedule
0: Right. So in 2019, then you ran the Clarence DeMar half marathon. You won. You were the first female finisher with a time of one hour, 28 minutes. How did it feel to finish first in a big race? That, that's a big event.
1: Yeah, it felt pretty good because earlier I'd finished the frozen yogurt 5K, which is a small race, but I won that. So it was nice moving into like the Cape Cod marathon to have two wins. But unfortunately, it was like two minutes off what I was hoping to get. So it was one of those things where you're so proud, but you're also like, ooh, that was that's not just 30 seconds off of what I was hoping to get. It was like a solid two minutes. So <laughs> I was had to kind of like balance myself out, like, all right, I'm pumped. This is awesome. But eh, this isn't this humbling to say the least, because it was not what I had expected, but Hey, okay. a win is a win.
0: I suppose we always feel like we could have done a little bit Exactly. Better. But then that same year, then you mentioned the Cape Cod Marathon. And I believe that was your marathon PR right there. there yep. was, it was 307. In that race, you finished eighth out of 406 female finishes.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: very uh, elite company there. But then after 2019, of course, we had the pandemic last year. But now you're back in form again, right? This year. So after a year off and no races, right? You came back strong in Providence.
1: Yep, I did Charleston right after Cape Cod because Cape Cod, the weather was so windy. So I was like, eh, maybe we'll keep going. And I went to Charleston and that was crazy humid. So then that's when the pandemic happened. I was like, all right, this is kind of a good, the break that I need.
0: So how was Providence then? Uh, that that, that was, was that the first one, big one that you did after the pandemic?
1: I did the cheap half marathon, which oh, was right. in Derry, New Hampshire. That was like a month before uh, which was like a 124. So it was a huge PR. And then I was able to chop a little bit. I think it was only like 10 seconds off for Providence. But yeah, it feels good. The half marathon has been a distance that I've been kind of trying to chip away at for a while, but it always is like thrown in in the middle of a marathon cycle. So I've had this like 126 PR for seven years. So I finally broke it. That's great. That was nice. Now I should have ready for the full.
0: So would you say half marathons are your favorite uh, distance?
1: Right now, yeah. For those seven years that I was not hitting my PR, I would say I was getting frustrated with it. I definitely think it's the hardest distance, but yeah, I think this past spring, it became my favorite.
0: A lot of people have said that the half is their favorite distance. Many people on this podcast have said that to me because it's substantial enough where you get a feeling of accomplishment, yet it's not so taxing that
1: yeah.
0: Afterwards, you know, you, you really have to take a few weeks off to recover.
1: Yeah, I like that, too. And it allows you to do a couple, like, back-to-back ones.
0: Yeah, right.
1: In the marathon, that's kind of risky.
0: I did that once. It might have been the same year you did your Boston, the Big Sur. I had to r- run Boston, and then I missed my BQ time by, like, a minute. And so oh. I was so frustrated. Two weeks later, I ran the Holyoke Marathon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and um. I don't recommend doing that, though, in general. No,
1: I don't recommend those back to back.
0: So how many marathons have you done? Have you kept track of that?
1: Yeah, 13, 12 and a half because I dropped out of Eugene marathons.
0: Do do you have a favorite event out of all all the events that you've done?
1: CIM. CIM was my favorite. That's
0: California, right? That's a California international, I think.
1: International marathon, yeah, that was my favorite.
0: So, you know, you mentioned injuries a little earlier. So, have you had to deal with running injuries that have slowed you down substantially?
1: Yeah, I had probably two big ones. My Achilles was my last one, and that was in 2019. It happened, like, right before Eugene Marathon. Right after my final long run, it just, like, out of the blue acted up, and that wasn't something that I wanted to, like, make worse. But I still out to Eugene. In the middle of the race, I was just like, "This isn't worth it." So that was a big one. It took about a month, and then a couple hip injuries, adductor, but nothing. In the moment, they felt substantial, but when I reflect back on it, it, it was like a month. So month or two. So nothing, nothing crazy.
0: In a way, you're lucky. I mean, I had an Achilles injury, it kept me out away from running for the better part of a year. Yeah. So that can be uh, a serious thing.
1: Yeah, and that's a hard one because you just just to walk, you use it, so it's really not much rest.
0: Yeah, and it heals really slowly. There's not much yeah. blood flow there, so it, it takes forever for to.
1: Yeah, dry needling was like the one thing that kind of just really got it going. So. Oh,
0: really? That that helped then? Huh?
1: Yeah, because it just gets the blood flow right to the area, so
0: yeah, that was helpful. I had a, a doctor on a, a month or two ago, and she said that one treatment for that is to use a nitro patch. I know someone who actually had that done. And this guy, he, Rich Geffen, he claims that the nitro patch helped heal his Achilles very quickly. Oh. So do you do any cross-training activities to help support your running?
1: Oh, I'm a big CrossFitter. I like CrossFit. That's my, that's my other kind of passion, which is, doesn't always play nice when you're in marathon training to go do a hundred wall balls and then go try to do a long run. But in the earlier part of my training, when the mileage is fairly low, I like to go to CrossFit like three times a week. So that's my big thing. And then when training picks up and I can't really do that high impact, like high stress training, I just kind of go to the gym and, and do what they do at CrossFit, but a lot slower and a lot lighter.
0: I learned that when I started running long distances and pretty much all I did was run. And, and then when I had a few injuries, I learned that I, I really need to do other activities to strengthen my core. And, and I belong to a gym now and, and go two or three days a week. I do a, a class called Tread and Shred. And, and so okay. it's, a, it's interval training, but it's also like body weight exercises. Yeah. I, I think that's helped me out quite a bit.
1: Oh yeah, you definitely need the strength portion and that's what I get out of CrossFit. There's a lot of strength in there that sometimes I'm not trying to destroy my quads right before a long run. So you have to be selective on the workouts that you do there.
0: So you're a member of the Western Mass Distance Project. The Western Mass Distance Project enter events as a team.
1: Yeah, there's Grand Prix races. So there's about eight between now and end of November. And yeah, we enter as a team and then it's scored based on placing.
0: What's a Grand Prix? I'm not familiar with that. The Grand Prix races?
1: Um, it's like the USATF races that they put on for every distance. It's open to the public, but then we also are scored based on our team.
0: Do you train together as a team or?
1: We train as a team sometimes, but... I have a coach out in Albany and I'm more on his team. He just trains people and that's his group that he trains. Whereas Western Mass Distance Project is a team. So it's a nice group. That's where I meet runners from the area and I can contact them and and go out for a run. But I wouldn't say we train all together. Um, And then races, we sign up for them. You know, we need, obviously need about five girls every race. So an email will go out to the team being like, who, we need five people for this race.
0: Now I see the people at the, with the, the light blue singlets. Yeah. You guys are usually flying by me pretty fast. So you mentioned at the outset that you're really in a good place with your running right now. And you've been the first female finisher a number of times on, on the Thursday night races at Ashley Reservoir. And I believe you set an age record recently. Your time of 19 minutes, two seconds is the fastest ever for a 31-year-old female at the Thursday night races. So did Dick Arsenal give you a hat? No hat. No hat, But
1: I probably didn't stick around, but
0: <laughs> you should ask your mom for a hat.
1: Yeah, I should. Because that race, it was pouring rain. So I think one of my, the hat I was wearing got ruined. So, Hey, sure. I'll ask for a hat that <laughs> yeah, I was hoping for, I've never done sub 19 at the Elks. Like I saw that I was 1845 coming down the hill and I was like trying. And, nope. 1901. Just like my five like, KPR is 18 flat. I'm like, Oh <laughs>
0: Oh, you just want to get under
1: like one second. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, you, you will. I'm sure. So you're in a good place running now. How many miles would you say you run in a typical week?
1: I'm about 45 right now. I'm a very low mileage runner, but my coach and I are slowly trying to get up there. I would love to be able to like do a 60 mile week, but it takes time. It takes oh, years. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, when I hired my coach in 2018, I was so heavy on CrossFit and just doing just enough running to be able to go run a marathon at a decent pace. And I was, I think around 2018, I was running like 30 miles a week. And it took two years just to be able to consistently do like 40. And now, run a place where 45 is the earlier part of the cycle so hopefully we'll slowly increase to like the 50s but it takes time because you rush it you're gonna get injured
0: right so you mentioned your running coach he's from albany
1: yeah his name is nat Nark, and he runs a gym out in albany called Nark running strategies and i was drawn towards him because he does have a strength background so obviously he has a gym i don't live out in albany so i can't just pop into that gym, but a lot of his runners are in the area, so they will go run and then they go in and do a strength workout and he designs it with the running part in mind.
0: So getting all these miles in, uh, do you have a favorite place that you like to go run?
1: No, right now I live in Northampton, so I love the Northampton bike path and there's this 8-mile loop that goes up to Florence. Yeah, I love the Northampton bike path. But uh, moving to Springfield in August, so I've tried out the East Song Meadow bike path, and I do like it.
0: I like running on bike paths also. Not everyone does. Some people find it boring, but I um, I, I like it too. In fact, the Northampton one, we, a group of us used to meet on Tuesday nights, a lot of the Sugarloaf Mountain folks in the winter when they weren't doing the Tuesday night races. And yeah. so we'd meet at Fitzwillies right downtown. Yeah. And then you know, from Fitzwillies, we'd go out to uh, look park and back. That's yeah. A little bit of an uphill going up. Yeah,
1: I know yeah, that is an uphill. I was always going towards Hadley. And then I was like, one day I was like, oh, I'll just go up the other way. And I was like, whoa, not as flat, but it's nice. I like it because you're on the bike path, but you're also really close to the road. So if you're just like, this is boring, you can just kind of jump off it. And now you're in like Florence Main Street, which is kind of nice.
0: like it there too. And so the um, East Longmeadow Long bike path I've run there. If you're in Springfield, maybe you're close to Forest Park. Forest Park's a a great place to go running. Yeah,
1: I am, yeah. And then Enfield, Longmeadow, there's always nice running areas.
0: So do you have any big events on the horizon?
1: Hartford Marathon right now is the big one. And then I have a five-miler in August and a half-marathon tune-up race September 4th. So we'll focus on those three races. And yeah, I'm excited to get back to the marathon. It's been a year and a half. So
0: so what was your first marathon?
1: San Francisco. And it was literally six years ago from yesterday. I wow. saw it pop up on my Facebook memories and I was like, oh my God, 2015.
0: I've talked to a few people that said their first marathon was Hartford. And that was my first one. Because it's a big marathon, but it's local. It's,
1: it is a big marathon. Like sometimes I tell people I'm running Hartford. They're like, oh, so it's going to be a small. And I'm like, actually Hartford brings in like some pretty big competitors.
0: The Hartford Marathon Foundation—they do an excellent job in managing the whole event. Yeah. All their events are good. The um, Iron Horse one in Simsbury is good. Yeah. So they're always well organized. Yeah. So that's great. So that's in early October, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's the same weekend as Boston. Boston. Yeah. And yeah. possibly Chicago. When is Chicago? I think that's the same. It might
0: be the same weekend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully everyone goes and runs those two and. I have the streets of Hartford
0: to myself. <laughs> yeah. So in 2017, you created the Holiday Fun Run at the Ledges Golf Course in South Hadley. And so this race supports the South Hadley Food Pantry. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've had a few race directors on recently. I had Mike Sheldon. He organizes the Westfield races. And Grant Ritter, he's one of the race directors for um, like the Happy Valley Half Marathon. So it's a lot of work in organizing a race. So how did all this come to be and how did you manage all the details?
1: It came to be because my students are always interested in my running kind of career. And I feel like there's no opportunity for them to run unless their parents put them in the talking turkey or the same back day road race like my mom did and lies to them. But anytime <laughs> I talk to a parent, they're like, no, my kid's not going to run a 10K, which is true. I mean, my mom was a little different. She just throws in there, but. Um, I feel like there's no opportunity for them to really get out there and race. And I, when I was in middle school, we had a like a running club after school. And then we would run in these little, I think some of the Northampton races, the five Ks. And so basically there's just no opportunity for the kids to really run. I started a running club and then it was like laps around the, the school. And it was like, all right, cool. Bye. There's no way to like now go race. And, and I feel like they need to see how exciting it is. Like, that's what got me into racing is running a race and being like, Whoa, this is so cool. Everyone's cheering for me. I'm crossing the finish line. And the fact that they don't get to experience that until like maybe high school when they sign up for maybe cross country. So I just put on a race for the public, but aimed it more towards my students. And it was like a 5k. And I was able to promote it at the school. And then a lot of parents were involved. And obviously, I have ties to Empire One Running Club, Western Mass Distance Project. So I was able to get like a good mix of people.
0: So do you plan to uh, bring it
1: back? Yeah, hopefully. I couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic. But yes, hopefully this December, we will do it. And yeah, it's just so fun. It's so exciting. It's so exciting to see my kids be excited for it
0: yeah, I know a lot of the Empire One folks ran it.
1: Yeah. I'll
0: have to sign up for it this year. So you're a sixth grade math teacher in South Hadley, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you have experience as an assistant coach for the Emerson College lacrosse team. So have you ever thought about coaching track?
1: Sometimes I do. I think, well, I coached lacrosse at the South Hadley High School my first year of teaching And I think that was just too much like first year teacher and rushing to like go coach. I go back and forth. I would love to, but I also am focused right now on my own running career. And sometimes I'm scurrying around just to get my run in. So I just can't imagine adding more to my plate, but I really would like to coach in the running realm as opposed to lacrosse.
0: Well, well, I'm sure you have plenty of time. Yeah. Well at some point, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of a math geek myself. So sixth grade math, is that pre algebra? So
1: we have a little bit of algebra, we have we have a little bit of everything, ratios, geometry. I feel like there was a mix of literally everything.
0: So you're also a cake decorator.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I've seen many of your cakes on on Facebook. They're very impressive. It, you recently did a Blippy cake. I didn't even know who Blippy was. I had to look them up. <laughs> I
1: didn't either. I had to look them up too.
0: <laughs> but there was one I thought was interesting. You had the, the the cake was a beer mug and then you like suspended a can over it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a little wooden dowel.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you got the can the it looked like it was suspended over the cake. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's called like an anti-gravity cake and That's my favorite cake for sure.
0: So is that something you just do for fun or is that this a little side business that you have? A
1: little bit of both. I mean, ideally it would be a nice side business, but I also make them for my friends. So I'm like, no, here's the cake, have it for free. And then I'm like, wait, can't lose money off of this. No. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I just started a couple of years ago. I just saw someone do it online and I was like, whoa, that looks so cool. I want to see if I could do it. And it's a mix of, like a stress relief but also a stress producer like I feel like while I'm doing it I'm like ah it's not perfect but it's also kind of calming so
0: but I guess if it doesn't come out perfect then I guess you have a cake it might be a temptation yes. to eat
1: <laughs> right that's true I get but I feel like by the time I'm done decorating it there's nothing I like cake is like kind of gross to me at this point because I'm just around it so much that I'm like oh I can't even <laughs> think I always like when I if I serve it at a party that I'm at I'm like I have to try it I have to see if there's anything I need to tweak. But I'm also like, oh, I can't even stomach it right now.
0: So Mel, this has been great uh, catching up with you. And I uh, see you around on Thursday nights and hope to continue seeing you. And so thanks for sharing your experiences on the podcast.
1: Oh, of course. Thanks for having me.
0: We'll see you uh, hopefully at the Thursday night at Ashley Reservoir.
1: Awesome. Yes, I'll be there. Maybe not racing, but running. All
0: right. Take care. Alberto Salazar won three consecutive New York City marathons from 1980 to 1982, and he won the Boston Marathon in 1982. Salazar has coached many Olympic runners over the years. In 2019, Salazar was a coach on the Nike Oregon Project team when a New York Times video was released featuring Mary Kane. Kane was a former high school running phenom from New York. She won many events as a teenager and she was the youngest American athlete to represent the United States at a world championship meet after competing in the 2013 World Championships in athletics in Moscow at age 17. While running with the Nike Oregon Project, Kane described an abusive toxic culture on the Salazar and claimed that Salazar routinely shamed her in front of others when she did not meet her weight target of 114 pounds. This abuse led to Kane developing an eating disorder, and her low weight caused her to miss her period for three years, leading to five broken bones. In January 2020, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport temporarily banned Salazar from participating in track and field after Kane and nine other elite female runners described years of psychological and verbal abuse by Salazar. This past week, SafeSport announced that Salazar has been permanently banned from participating in track and field events. And what happened to Mary Kane? Well, Mary has overcome her eating disorder and is now back running competitively, working for the running apparel company, Tracksmith, and she is a coach for the New York Roadrunners. A dietitian who works with Mary is Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez from Rise Up Nutrition. In fact, Lindsay and Mary recorded a podcast together. Lindsay's father is a local Western Mass runner and coach, Kevin Fowl, who I'm sure that many of you have seen at local events. I've always enjoyed chatting with Kevin at the Snowstorm Classic races at Forest Park in Springfield, and Kevin will be my featured guest on my next Let's Run podcast. I'm looking forward to my conversation with Kevin to discuss running and coaching. Now, for a rundown of local running events. In the interest of time, since there are so many events now, I'm only mentioning events from the current month and the next month. So, in this case, That's August and September. I'll start talking about the October events during the first September podcast. The best place to look up local events is the Greater Springfield Harriers webpage. Rob Landry does a great job of maintaining the list of local running events as well as the results. Rob will be my featured guest on an upcoming Let's Run podcast. So now here's a rundown of local running events. The local running club weeknight race series continues. On Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts a three-mile cross-country race at Stanley Park and Westfield. On Tuesday evenings at 6.30, Don and Sue Grant and the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club host a 5K cross-country race at the Northampton Community Gardens. Also on Tuesday evenings, the child's trail races for children 15 and under will take place at 6.30 p.m., at Van Horn Park in Springfield. On Wednesday evenings, the Greater Springfield Harriers host their Summer Sizzlers races at Forest Park. The run on Wednesday, August 4th, will be on the 5K cross-country route. And on Thursday evenings at 6.30, the Empire One Running Club hosts 5K races at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. Also on Thursday evenings, the Northfield Summer Road Race Series takes place. Here's a quick rundown of all events in Hamden, Hampshire, Franklin, and Berkshire counties between now and the end of September. There's a few new events on the race calendar. The Sweltering Summer Ultra takes place on Saturday, August 14th in Pittsfield. You can enter in either the 8-hour run or the 5K run. On Sunday, August 15th, the Mount Greylock Trail races take place in Adams. Distances include 13.5 miles and 3 miles. The Frozen Yogurt 5K is a virtual event that can be run anytime between August 15th and August 22nd. This event supports the Gendara Center. On Saturday, August 21st, the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts the 40th Annual Montague Mug Race. Also on Saturday, August 21st, the first annual Pink Way 5K Run and Walk will take place at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. On Sunday, August 22nd, the 5th Annual Race to End Child Abuse takes place in Greenfield. The Dalton Community Recreation Association May Day Races will take place on Sunday, August 29th. Distances include 10K, 5K, and a 2-mile run. The New England Green River Marathon takes place on Sunday, August 29th. This race is sold out. The Hoyt 5K Run and Walk will take place on Sunday, August 29th in Longmeadow. This event was created by B.J. Williams to raise funds for the Hoyt Foundation in all 11 chapters in the U.S. and Canada. B.J. Williams has a goal of raising $100,000 for the Hoyt Foundation, and B.J. will be running in the incredible World Marathon Challenge, which is seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. B.J. Williams will be my featured guest on an upcoming podcast later this month. Here's the September race calendar. The September races kick off on Friday, September 3rd, with the Big 5K at the Big E Fairgrounds in West Springfield. This is a new event on the race calendar, which also includes a scramble in addition to the road race, as well as a virtual race. All proceeds benefit youth agriculture and education activities at the Eastern States Exposition. The Road to Recovery 5K is a virtual run or walk dedicated to support those in Franklin County who struggle with alcohol and or drug addiction. Participants are free to run, walk, bike, swim, etc. anytime or anywhere between September 4th and September 18th. The Berkshire Running Center hosts the 46th Mount Greylock 8-mile road race on Sunday, September 5th. The Westfield 5K, 10K, and half marathon will take place on Saturday, September 11th at the Boys and Girls Club in Westfield. Also on September 11th, the halfway to St. Patrick's Day 5K returns to Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. A month or two ago, I had this event on the race calendar, but removed it when I couldn't confirm that it would be taking place. But there's now a Facebook page for this event, and you can sign up for it on RaceWire. Another new event on the fall race calendar is the 4th Annual SOAR 5K and Music Festival, which takes place on September 11th in Belchertown. SOAR, S-O-A-A-R, is an acronym which stands for Speaking Out About Addiction and Recovery. And this organization provides local recovery and family support for people experiencing the effects of addiction. On Sunday, September 12th, the Black Birch Vineyard 10-mile race will take place in North Hatfield, hosted by Impact Racing Events. From Friday, September 10th to Sunday the 12th, the Notchview Ultra Trail Runs take place in Windsor, Mass. You can run for 48, 24, 12, 6, or 3 hours. The Healthy Kids Running Series for kids in grades pre-K through 8th grade takes place in Southwick on five Sundays this fall from September 12th To October 10th. On Saturday, September 18th, Colby's Path to the Cure 5K takes place at Stanley Park in Westfield. This event raises funds for synovial sarcoma research and awareness. On Saturday, September 18th, the Don Maynard Memorial Five Mile Race will take place in Greenfield. The Walter Childs Race of Champions, otherwise known as the Holyoke Marathon, is tentatively scheduled to take place on Sunday, September 19th. There are a couple of events on Saturday, September 25th that just appeared on the fall race calendar. The 8th Annual Hospice Meadows 5K Run and Two Mile Walk will take place on September 25th and starts on Fair Street in Northampton. Also on Saturday, September 25th, the Falcon 5K Trail Race will take place at the McDonald Nature Preserve in Wilbraham. This event supports Wilbraham Parks and Recreation. On Sunday, September 26th, Impact Racing, along with the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club, hosts the Summit Run 5K, a race to the summit of Mount Holyoke and Hadley. Also on September 26th, the Spartan Sprint 5K will take place in East Longmeadow to raise funds for the East Longmeadow Educational Endowment Fund. And as always, check the Hartford Marathon Foundation website for a listing of all their upcoming events. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running.